Hi there. Thank you for listening to the Business of Everyday podcast. My name is Ajwa Benewa. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast created to help you live life fully with purpose and intentionality. Listen, you can excel in all areas of your life. It is possible and you get to choose. Did you know that? The little things we do with faithfully on a daily basis that we may even disregard as not so important has potential of building our capacity to handle big things. On today's episode of Exceptional Women of Faith, we are talking about the wisdom and grace needed to navigate and maximize seasons in our lives and how we can learn patience and also trust God in the little things of our everyday living. In so doing, build our endurance for when we need to trust God even for the bigger things. The bold, beautiful, confident and extremely gifted Michaela Selassie Mensa is my guest for today. She's a young lady with a heart for God. She's passionate about manifesting his kingdom on earth, utilizing whatever gifting he has entrusted her with. Michaela is the founder of She Takes Initiative, a women empowerment program that inspires young women in the areas of business, family, and community engagement. She's also the founder of Beautiful Minds, a mental health awareness campaign, and Food and Stinic a weight loss and fitness program. Selassie is also a spoken word artist. She is anointed. She's also passionate about international affairs and diplomacy. But most importantly, she's excited about young people pursuing effective change in their society. So yes, join us and let's continue the Fate Talk. Hi girl, how are you doing? Hi, Pop Fairy. I'm doing really well. Yourself? Well, I'm doing fine here. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a long time we met. The last time yes. I think we did was when you invited me for um, Toastmasters meeting. And that was somewhere in 2019. Yeah. Honestly, you remember you know, that? I, I, <laughs> I totally forgot that. The one I remembered was like our spoken word, you know, performance at TEDx. Okay, um, okay. And also, right. literally, that was the one. I even forgot <laughs> that we had, like, a meeting in Toastmasters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Yeah. It has been a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how are you doing? How's everything? Well, making progress, you know, mm-hmm. and so grateful for that. I mean, as you're moving on, responsibilities keep increasing, and I've I'm got to, you. yeah, realize that, I mean, the reward of a good work done isn't rest, but more work. And so that is so true. <laughs> I'm embracing that. Yeah, I'm embracing that yeah. and then relying on God for strength. Amazing, amazing. That's really great. Yeah. So um you mentioned spoken word right now, and let me just go there. I, I think that's where we met the first time we met. Yes. With- yeah, yes. when we, we were yes. going to do a spoken word piece together for yes. Um, UII. Yes. Yes. So do you still write actively and do spoken word actively? I I do, but um, probably not as aggressive as, mm-hmm. as I initially, <laughs> you know, uh, did. But I still do. I've done like a couple of um, ministrations uh, mm. in church 
where I am currently. Okay. I think I've also done one like an outdoor setting or sort of like an evangelism sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. So I've done that. It has been a while since I wrote. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a lot during the pandemic. I really mm-hmm. did. I wrote a lot and then you know, once things subsided a bit and life was sort of like getting back to normal yeah. then yeah responsibilities come in and a whole lot of things go on and um yeah so you don't really find the time as much to write mm. but i wrote a lot during the pandemic um, awesome. so usually now it's more of um if i have uh, administration and i'm given the platform i can go through you know what i've written before and then see what i believe is appropriate for the yes, setting yes i get that and then yeah you know <laughs> yeah yeah so but wait how's it, how's it been with you what's happening well for me i don't know i think some time ago you were going to um do a spoken word i don't know if it was with joe metal or something and then you called and you're like oh it's been a while i did this how do you get yourself prepared for something like this i was like i mean mm-hmm. myself i've not done that in a while and i feel right. like let me even ask this question because that is okay. just in line with that the last time okay. i was speaking with a friend and then a, a quote by dr mouse monroe came to mind and then um, he talked about dying empty and yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked if we could actually die empty, like use up mm. everything in us, considering the fact that there are things that, I mean, just as we said right now, at a point, we are not doing certain things actively as we used to do them. And it's not like we've lost passion for those things. Basically, life mm-hmm. is happening and mm-hmm. we are focusing on other things. So yeah. let me ask you this. Do you think that we can use up everything in us before we exit the face of this earth or it's a matter of seasons and using what you know we have that is necessary for a particular season and then we move on this is a very interesting <laughs> question um hmm. hey okay so <laughs> i was just like thinking which angle to come from hmm. but i do believe in seasons i okay. believe that there are certain points in your life where you know there's a certain focus that perhaps God wants you to look at mm. and so at that season you would find that very predominant in your life right um and then once the season is sort of um coming to a close or it's moving into another season mm. something emerges like a new thing emerges and then it doesn't necessarily mean that what you did in the previous season is completely out Right. It just means that it's no longer predominant, but mm. it's still working in the background. So you're mm-hmm. still supposed to be active with it um, in the background, but perhaps there's something more pressing that comes to play where, yeah, God probably needs your focus in that arena and that space. But honestly speaking, it I think it takes a certain level of wisdom and grace right. and speed to be able to maximize that season. Mm. You know, because it's one thing to say that, okay, God has given you, maybe in this particular season, is spoken word. And you're supposed to, maybe God has, you know, certain areas that he wants you to talk about, you know, to certain audiences and things like that, or certain people, or even to yourself. Mm. Um, and instead of, you know, writing it out, like making time, being intentional about it, you sort of get caught up with life's issues. And so... 
you find out that within that season, instead of you to produce at maybe like a 95 or a hundred percent, you find yourself producing at like a 20%. Right. And time is going, it won't come back. Mm-hmm. And so once the season ends, you realize that, oh my gosh, all that you could do within that space was something that was 20% mm-hmm. out of what could have been like a hundred percent or 95% or whatever percent it is he wants you to attain. And so if you're not able to like maximize it, guess what? The season will come to an end and you would have to move on to what is next. And so if you're not able to like have the wisdom to even know the season you're in Mm. and know the times you're in and have the speed to be intentional to do it and maximize it, you would miss that phase and you would have to move on to another phase where, you know, it's a completely different test altogether. Mm. Yeah. So honestly, that's what I personally believe Mm. it happens in seasons and there's certain things that you need to focus on you know if you're not able to capture it (laughs) life moves on and then you find yourself in a different stage that's right but I think it comes with like life so you realize that there's a certain season where you find yourself in school yeah you need to maximize that period and Mm -hmm. know what you're supposed to do within that time it will get to a point seasons change and then you find yourself in like a workspace setting or you know starting projects or whatever you might not necessarily have that time frame for something else Mm -hmm. or what you previously did Mm. and then it moves on then you get married and then it's like ah you have children (laughs) how you're gonna go back to school with another headache altogether because the season has changed Mm -hmm. and so you have to like learn to maximize whatever season you're in Mm. you know that's right that's a good one yeah so that also means that there's a kind of impact that we can make within a particular season and if we are able to maximize whatever we've been given at that moment in time we are able to make that kind of impact if we do not and then we allow the season to pass we would rather struggle to you know, what should have come easier to us, we'll be struggling to do it because, I mean, we've moved out of the season that we are supposed to be doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, not to even cut you short, I just, Uh uh, the the picture that just came to mind was um, the story of Joseph and Pharaoh. So, you know, Uh Pharaoh had like two dreams, which Joseph interpreted and he said, okay, we're going to have seven years of abundance Uh and then seven years of famine. So what they did in that seven years of abundance was as much as they had so much green and everything, they were preparing for the lean season. Right. And so, yeah, that season ended. Now imagine if they squandered that season, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You realize that in the lean season, you're going to be struggling seriously. Right. You didn't didn't maximize the previous season. Mm -hmm. The season came and went and you did nothing about it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so being able to like, utilize that period was so crucial for Egypt and the world because it was like a worldwide famine situation yeah but because God gave Pharaoh that dream and Joseph was able to interpret it and say okay this is the season we're about to enter in and we need to maximize it so that in the famine season we know how to still have like enough for everyone and even give to other people beyond Egypt Mm. so yeah (laughs) that's right so well We shouldn't beat ourselves so much um, about certain things that we were doing previously that now because of new responsibilities and other things, we are unable to do them as frequently as we used to. We should know the season that we are in 
I mean, follow the one who gave you the gifts and abilities and his instructions on how to use it. And then I think that we are good to go. So yes, moving on. So what would you say is the business of your everyday? Right. Honestly, it's to achieve whatever it is God wants me to achieve, particularly in the daily activities. At the end of the day, I need to make sure that I'm making progress towards a specific end goal so mm-hmm. i have to have an end goal mm-hmm. and so no matter what happens during my day if i'm able to achieve that and know that okay this is where god is leading me i have mm-hmm. to have a vision i have to have an end goal and so every day am i taking like the necessary steps mm-hmm. towards that that end goal yeah because at the end of the day i'm going to give account for right. <laughs> what happens um at the end of my life and I need to make sure that I'm being productive with the time frame he's given me and not waste it. Mm. Yeah. And so it requires me being intentional. Uh, like and word. I say that because <laughs> intentionality is not easy. Let me tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to just deviate and just, mm-hmm. you know, let the day control you. But yeah. that's not how it's supposed to be. You have to determine the day. Mm-hmm. You have to determine what it is you want to achieve mm-hmm. um, by the end of it. And so for me, come what may, no matter what happens at the end of the day, I just want to know that, okay, Selassie, you are making progress. You are on the right track to where God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. I want to be where God wants me to be. I do not want to be where God does not want me to be. Because guess what? <laughs> if I'm at a destination where God doesn't want me to be in, it's the most difficult place you could possibly find yourself in because there's no provision like nothing works you know and so just being or having that understanding that you are where God wants you to be Mm. and you are making progress you know no matter how little the progress is you are still moving that's most important for me um yeah so that's pretty much what I would say that's very good so um, this is the Exceptional Women of Faith series. And I right. mean, I know that you are intentional about impacting young women. And so you have projects that are set in place. So can you share a bit on um, those projects that you're working on? Um, yeah, so She Takes Initiative um, was something that sort of birthed out in 2019. Um, we started it in November at the British Council and basically the goal of it was for women to live out you know God's purpose Mm. in three areas so in business or career in um, family and then in her community that's right and basically that concept came from the Proverbs 31 woman so Mm. the other time I was reading about it and I noticed that I mean she was great in so many regards But Mm. I noticed that it focused on these areas. It focused on her business, you know, what she was doing, how Mm -hmm. she was earning a living. It focused on what she did for her family. And then it focused on what she did for her community, you know, and the people around her. And I, I strongly sense that, okay, this is where God wants us to be. Because honestly, I mean, there's a lot of voices when it comes to women empowerment and what women should or should not be doing and you know feminism and a whole <laughs> lot of it. like I don't even want to go into that space but <laughs> but my focus is on okay well if we want to know how you know a product works you go mm-hmm. to the manufacturer that's right and so for me it's like okay god so many people are saying so many things but mm-hmm. what are you saying what do you want us to focus on um 
how do you perceive women like what is our role mm-hmm. and so yeah looking at the Proverbs 31 sort of gave me that understanding that hey like God wants us to thrive in whatever space we find ourselves in um, whether it's our business or careers whether it's our family or even our community how do we go about you know making impacts in these spaces that's right um, so yeah so that's what she takes initiative was about mm-hmm. and then you know the pandemic happened and all of the things <laughs> so um yeah so then we moved online and yeah and we've been doing like our online webinar yeah. with um this year i joined uh, some of your sessions i think i joined the one with the lady she was talking about business yeah 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 yes yes yes, yes. yes. I joined that and yeah. was really insightful. You know, there's one thing I really love about this. And, you know, most times we focus on, you know, when it comes to women, okay, let's talk about family, you and how to keep your home and all of that. But this actually focuses on, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman was a businesswoman. She, yeah. Yeah, she did everything. Like she took care of the family. She was able to manage her business well. And also, yeah. you know, she was serviceable. Yeah. That's why you talk about community engagement. She was also very serviceable. Yeah. So I feel like in every aspect of this empowerment that we are talking about, we shouldn't always focus on every time catching, catching. Yeah, that also works, but we should strike a balance, you know, between all of that. So sometimes I have issues with, I won't mention their name, but there are some <laughs> groups that, I mean, anytime you're having a women's meeting, it's either they're going to learn how to cook some food or something. I'm like, if I want to learn how to cook something new, right now you're going to YouTube. Me too, I can go to YouTube. So, I mean, yeah. what really is different about all that we are doing? And I'm glad right. that, you know, this is going the extra mile to, I mean, focus on all the individual aspects of life that women can, you know, um, get into and excel. And that brings yeah. me to a book. I don't know if you've read it. It's called mm-hmm. um, The Power and Purpose of Women. It's by Dr. Mouse oh. Morrow. That's really a powerful book. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it. I haven't okay. read that much into it, but I have heard about that book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe when you get the time, you should check it out. It's really oh, good. Oh, yeah, of course. It's wow. really good. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, this series, as I mentioned, the Exceptional Women of Faith, um, it is targeting young, but not limited to Christian ladies and mm-hmm. even um, just ladies. You know, whatever we profess, we should be able to live accordingly. We find situations where we talk about we being Christians, we talk about, okay, I'm a believer, but what we do doesn't say that we are believers. And so I believe that our confession as Christians puts a much bigger responsibility on us to excel at what we've been called to do. So um, this series is also to inspire the target audience to not accept mediocrity as their norm, Mm. just because that's what we see around us. I mean, we must dare to be different, to be the Mm -hmm. best version of us and not put our energies into becoming like someone else. Because we all have something exceptional to bring to the table. So, yeah. So, basically, we are talking about faith. So, let me ask you this. You were born Mm -hmm. into, you know, the ministry of your parents, right? Mm, Yeah, you could say. Or you were were born before they went into ministry? Oh, no, no, no. Obviously. Okay. (laughs) I was born. No, as in, 
it came across differently in my mind when I okay. heard you're going into your parents' ministry. Okay, okay, it. yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah, yeah, no, I get what you mean. Yes, yes, mm. yes, yeah. So, how yeah, was right. that journey? You know, I want to find out at what point did you get to know and choose Jesus for you? Right. So, hmm. I think at a really young age, this was how, you know, my life was like, like early, early, early stages. So you have, um, yeah, before bed, my parents, especially my mom, would make me recite certain scriptures before bed. Mm. And so this is still stuck in my head. Mm. But at that time, I didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> I just knew that I had to like recite scriptures before bedtime, you know, um, and everything. But I didn't really know what was going on. We would go to church and... I never sat in Sunday school. Mm. Like, if you were to ask my Sunday school teacher, <laughs> I just, I wasn't interested. I wasn't interested because I was like, I don't even know. I mean, at that time, I didn't even know what we were doing. I just mm. knew that every Sunday we come to a certain gathering mm. and our parents are, you know, in service. And we, the children, we get to meet with our friends and have fun. I mean, you will not find me sitting to listen to you know, Bible stories or whatever in Sunday mm. school. I was always finding a way to escape, get out, because I didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah. It was only particularly maybe one or two Sunday school teachers that I loved their teaching. And so for some reason, whenever they were the ones, you know, teaching something, mm. I would actually sit and listen. But okay. I didn't understand what I was listening to. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, you see, like, those days, like, I mean, those Bristol works in our days. Right. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> You'd see manifestations. If you grew up in the era where you had been on the um, Reverend Eastwood's ministry mm. um, back then in our church, hey, and like the Holy Spirit would come upon people and so many people would fall down and so many things were happening. I used to be scared. I was literally like scared, scared. Right. <laughs> like I would cry. I would cry because I was scared. Like what is happening? I didn't understand. Mm. a whole lot of things you know even though yes my parents were in ministry and everything I didn't really know what was going on fast forward um it was in the UK what I remember very vividly was it was my birthday that week and it was a norm that when it was our birthdays we would sit with our parents okay um, in the main service uh-huh so that they could pray for us mm. and things like that so I remember sitting there in the service and then I heard Reverend Eastwood say just a sentence that stuck with me. I didn't hear the whole sermon, but just a sentence that stuck with me. And he said, just because your parents, he was preaching it. But mm. I felt like at that point in time, he was referring was to me. to you, yeah. So he was like, just because your parents are in the ministry doesn't mean that this is what will save you and take you to heaven. Mm. So, and this was like at the age of what, like five years or something. So that was when it struck me that, okay, something is going on <laughs> and I need to figure like I was thinking to myself oh my gosh so I'm alone in this so my parents they have figured out how to get to heaven and me I'm, I have to figure out this thing for myself mm. like at that age I could comprehend that okay so this is not a family thing this is an individual thing and you need to figure out how you're going to get to heaven right that was that kind of mentality at that age then uh, go to England fast forward and then there's this play called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames literally mm -hmm. and the play was I mean it was incredible but it was vividly scary <laughs> and so 
I don't know if you've ever had that experience where back then, if they want you to like get to know Christ, they just shove hell, 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 hell in your face. And so <laughs> it scares you enough to be like, oh my yeah. gosh, I need to, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not like they were trying to, you know, promote hell or anything mm. and, and do that to scare us, but they were literally telling us vividly what was going to happen once the world like ends like this is the truth of the matter you know it's either you're going here or you're going here you need to make a decision so yeah after that play i went to give my life to christ that i do remember Hmm. i think probably at that time i was like what maybe 10 11 okay so yeah i gave my life to christ and everything um and then i started to like study the word of god i remember my mom's late sister and auntie Eunice she was an incredible person in my work with God because she helped me to understand you know what my faith was truly about Mm. you know what it meant to really know God so now it has shifted from you know being scared of hell so you you follow God because you're scared of hell yes yes to like now okay you are actually in a relationship with God Mm. you need to be intentional and get to know him. Right. So, yeah, I think my mom, my auntie, they played like a huge role in my faith at that time. That's and, awesome. Um, so, yeah, there have been critical moments where, you know, my understanding of this faith and walk with God has just been more refined. Right. You know, so it started off with being afraid of hell. But then mm. it becomes more refined till you realize that no, it's not about that. You mm. know, it's about it's about God's kingdom, it's about his relationship with his children, mm. it's about living to please him, it's about being ambassadors of Christ, it's about manifesting his kingdom on earth, it's about right. fulfilling his purpose mm. and like having this heart with him to do it, to pursue what it is he wants you to accomplish. Right. And realizing that look, <laughs> you're too small to live for yourself. Hmm. literally and so if you go around life thinking that this whole life is about you you've missed the plot completely Mm. you know and so it's just having like that understanding and so that put me um oh i can't forget this in addition to that pastor elikan and he was also like crucial person in my life Mm. and became like a spiritual father figure in my life as well with my work with god so it's interesting though that although Yes, you know, like you're born into, you know, um, your parents that do ministry and everything. Mm. God has a way of bringing certain people in your life to help you with your individual, you know, walk with God. Right. You know, that's right. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that you're just because your parents are doing it. You just follow that trend. It's Mm. more like you need to figure this out for yourself. Yeah. Walk your own path. Walk your own path. And so... Like with all these people playing these roles in my life. Oh, and Pastor Roderick Ajikun as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't forget these people. With all these people playing a role in my life, it helped me to appreciate better what my parents were doing. Right. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So then mm. it gave me like a better perspective of why they do what they do and what they're doing. Mm. And so at that point, like when my dad, my mom, like when they teach certain things or when they live out certain things or when they do certain things, it makes more sense. 
Like right. I can truly appreciate it better, if that makes sense. And mm. um, yeah, and learning to work in the ministry, I would give like a huge credit to my parents. Like mm. learning to be actively involved in God's work. So mm. it's one thing to know God for yourself. It's another thing to now like God. I want to work in your vineyard, mm. and like I need somebody to help me to show me how to go about it. Right. My parents were literally like the example that I learned that from, and having to do it with a sense of humility because trust me, you are nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you are nobody. Like nobody is nobody, and yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> nobody is. <laughs> Yeah, nobody is just you know god had the grace on you and picked you and said hey come and do this for me mm-hmm. you know um and that's what has caused you know like setting great men of god to be great yeah so um you're talking about the hell experience you know causing that kind of fear you know how you feel at that moment when you hear such messages mm-hmm. how you feel doesn't really last for long and the next moment you realize you are doing the same things that you were doing before you had that helped me because I remember in uni first year with my roommates um I had a Muslim friend and we're really close and it was very late in the night and there was this lady uh, she was called Angelica or something there was an experience I don't know if you yes. you heard of yes. it yes yes so mm-hmm. yeah so we saw and we're like oh let's listen and we went to listen to this thing and the whole night we didn't <laughs> we didn't sleep it was like for the next week, come and see the room. Everyone was mm-hmm. so quiet. Everyone was like, I mean, like tomorrow Jesus is going to come. So we were so oh. The next moment we were like, I, I was like, hey, Hafsa, are you not the one that you were scared about, you know, this hell thing that we had? You're like, oh, those things. I mean, so it was at that moment that I realized that these things, I mean, fear can do something, but at a point it wears off. And I yes. like the fact that you talked about understanding. For me, mm-hmm. basically growing up, there were so many times that I was so angry going to church. I'll go and sit there. I remember there was a time that I'd go and sit there, and everything they are doing, it's like I'm unconcerned. <laughs> mm. Whether they are clapping, whether they are singing, I would just be there because I was forced to go, and I didn't have the oh. understanding. And I've realized that if I don't have understanding concerning certain things, it is difficult for me to follow and get things done as it's supposed to be so i would rebel sunday morning get up and go to sunday school my mom has to come and pour water on me before i'll get up (laughs) it was like i didn't understand anything and i didn't get it why are we doing this and i didn't get that kind of you know someone to really help me to understand that so for me Mm -hmm. it has been a journey of you know trying Mm -hmm. to figure out things on my own you know, reading books, listening to people, you know, God specifically led me to people, even through books, God specifically led me to people that I read and I began to get the understanding. And when I got the understanding behind certain things, I mean, following him, developing that relationship with him, it came easy. It came like, Mm. it wasn't like a bedding. And so I really, really, really get the point where you are talking about understanding when yeah. we understand in our work with God, when we really understand, it really helps a lot. It takes a yeah, lot of pressure really and does. burden off yeah. of us and we get to really love him as we are supposed to rather than, you know, that servant-master relationship that you do things yeah. because of fear of punishment. Yeah. 
and that's not how God wants us to live. Like mm-hmm. live out of fear and like all oh, the what ifs and oh, if I don't do this, it means God is going to do this. What if I'm yes. not doing this right? Yeah. Yes. You can't live life like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's not it's how. That's not yeah. how love works. Yeah. You know, like where yeah. the Bible talks about perfect love casts out fear. So yeah. you know mm-hmm. that. Yes, it doesn't do much. It can just do a little, but it, it wears off. And yes. you need understanding. You just need yes. to know the person with whom you're in a relationship with um, on this journey. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So from where you're coming from to where you are now, what role, you know, would you say faith has played in your journey? I'm talking all around, not just in church. Before you answer that, let me ask you what faith even means to you. Right. So for me, paraphrasing from that scripture that says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? Mm. And, and so for me, it's more of believing what God has said more than what I see. Right. That's how I would look at it. Believing what God has said, um, what his word says and making that my reality. Mm. And that's difficult because <laughs> that can be difficult. Because even with the life of Jesus, when you look at it, you realize that a lot of what he says does not fit what is on the ground mm-hmm. here on mm-hmm. the earth. And so you have to see um, with the eyes of the spirit, like you have to see and understand with the eyes of the spirit right. as opposed to seeing it like in the physical things around you. Mm. And then that's why you have like the scripture in Second Corinthians 5. Um, live by faith not by sight exactly that we we live by faith and not by sight so you realize that it's a lifestyle of trust and believing what christ has said Hmm. yeah and taking that as the final word that's right yeah regardless of what it may look like around you Hmm. um yeah and so sometimes when we think about faith a lot of people look at this in terms of you know the big big things like big major things but i feel like it's a lifestyle so right. it's constantly living out everything that the word of god says about you right yeah it's a daily decision commitment to saying that i choose to believe in what the word of god says mm-hmm. regardless of what happens um regardless of what people say regardless of what the facts may be this is what the word of god says and i trust that you know um that's where the buck stops like that's the right. buck stops with the word of god and mm-hmm. that's it and um, right. but it's not easy it's not easy to <laughs> to do that it's one thing to know it's another thing to actually practice it right you know yeah and so i remember hmm, i remember one particular day i woke up with a strange ridiculous like pain in my my knee hmm. as if something has pierced into my bone that's how hmm. it felt like it was like a, a weird excruciating pain and so i couldn't even walk on it like I was limping and I was like, how can you just wake up? And then suddenly you just feel that on your, your leg. Now it's easy to just say, Oh, I'm in pain. Okay. You know what? Let me get ointments. Let me put something on it. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, am I going to accept it? Like, am I going to accept that this is what it is and I'm going to have to live with it? Or do I do something about it mm-hmm. and speak the word of God over it? And so I'm like, no, this pain has to go. Like, at first, I ignored it. I thought it was just one of those things that would go. It wasn't going. And it was even getting worse. So I was like, no, 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 no. I can't. I can't accept this. And so I started, like, praying and, you know, like, 
tuning into um, this prayer line as well um, that I follow. A whole lot of things like you're just praying and declaring and declaring. And guess what? The pain didn't go that very second. Mm. It took about maybe the entire day or two before it went. But my confession was consistent. Right. So sometimes people are looking at it as if, oh, um, if I've said this once, twice, if I've prayed once, twice, and nothing happens, it means my faith is false. It's not working. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. But it takes consistency, and you have to work at it. That until this thing changes, you do not change your confession. Mm-hmm. And so the situation conforms to what the Word of God says. Exactly. You don't change your confession. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we are our own downfall. We say one thing, and then the next minute, you spot all your confessions by saying, right. you know, saying another thing altogether. And you sometimes wonder why it's not working because mm-hmm. the same mouth is confessing, you know, the word of God and at the same time confessing a different situation. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like you're not going anywhere. It's a cost 90 situation. Yeah. And so, yeah, learning to be disciplined and consistent in confessing and trusting and believing in God. Mm-hmm. That's where the real work is. That's and right. being patient enough. Like mm. patience too is, is so crucial. Like faith and patience, something else. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So while you were talking, you mentioned um, faith not being like only believing and trusting for the big things. Like it's an everyday thing. And I mean, the the word trust that you use there. I mean, yesterday, I remember I was engaging one of our guys um, in church and I was taking something from him to go buy something. And then he was like, oh, don't worry, I'll buy a car for you. I was like, ah, but you, how can I trust you for a car when this little thing that I'm asking of you, you've not been able to give me. So Mm. I cannot trust you for, you know, the big things. And it goes like a relationship with God. If I'm not able to have the patience, I'm not able to trust you with, you know, something as little as something that I need, maybe one CD that I need for something today. How am I going to trust you for that thousand CDs that I need? And it is that one CD that you're able to give me today that's going to build me up for me to trust you tomorrow that maybe you can give me two CDs. And as I journey along with you, all that you are doing for me, how you are responding to me, it's building trust between the two of us. So if we don't go by, you know, this faith thing that you're talking about as a daily thing, but then we do it as, you know, as and when we need help, then we are not going to get mm-hmm. the results that we are, you know, expecting to to have yeah. because it's, yeah. it's a daily thing. Yeah, yeah. It's even like um, building your endurance capacity. So mm-hmm. when you're doing workouts, um, I'll take myself, for instance, most of the time I had done like cardio workouts. I've never done strength training. Mm. The strength training where you're trying to like tone your muscles and things like that. I remember... I met a friend of mine. She was a fitness coach. And I told her that, okay, I wanted to tone because I had lost weight. Now she took me through like some exercises. My gosh. Hmm. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I tell you, I, I, I struggled. I suffered. I, I mean, I thought me that I thought I was fit because I was like, oh, cardio, I've done this. I've lost it. So you know, strength training should be like a walk in the park. Hmm. And I could only do like three sit-ups and <laughs> push-ups, crap. Yes, like one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I could, I just couldn't. By the next day, my 
whole body was in pain mm. like somebody had beaten me and like left me for dead or something like i was in excruciating pain all over my body now what happened was with time i started to carry dumbbells of a certain weight first mm. i mean it's like you start with a small one so you do like just two kilos and then you increase to four kilos and you can even do five kilos so like eight as in when i say five kilos um like a set of four a mm. set of four kilos is like eight kilos so now you can lift eight kilos you can lift a certain weight because you've learned to deal with the small things you started mm. small and you and you built endurance right a certain level of capacity to now hold a certain weight mm. but if you've never gone to the gym before or if you've never done a strength training workout and you just go one day and you say you want to lift like a 20 kg <laughs> you will collapse yeah. like you can't you can't do it because you haven't built enough endurance to handle that and so i mean that that goes to like buttress what you mentioned yeah. that if we don't learn how to work our faith in even the little things mm. how do you expect to suddenly trust god for the big one mm. that's when we get disappointed most of the time yeah exactly exactly yeah so it's so important to trust god in like the little 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 things right and and not just the big thing, things because those little things is what builds your your capacity to handle big things mm. and it also builds your patience To, right. to wait for the big things as well yes yeah those things are super important i remember like during my my master's course we had like certain assignments and things like that and trust me at the early stages of you know some of the courses i was, I was like god like what is happening how am i going to do this assignment like how is this going to how is this going to work out because the thing looked so difficult and so out of reach hmm. but i was like no i trust god he'll see me through it and so right. it was just consistency mm. learning to deal with the small small things that i could handle right. learning to like read do your part and do my part and just be consistent consistent mm. consistent you know and then my presentation day comes and i'm able to nail it why because i i trusted god and just like okay god help me to study help me show me to understand like just being able to be consistent in the little things um and so it built up to the point where okay i was able to accomplish what i needed to do with my assignments hmm. and i was like oh wow and you look back and you're like hey me that's like, i thought i couldn't do this thing i was so but then just taking little steps helped me to complete it hmm. and not being able to trivialize it that's the other thing too sometimes we trivialize our faith like when it comes to god like we trivialize certain things and we make it look like it's nothing but those right. little things mean a lot in the big picture of things so you know no matter how little you think god has come through for you trust me it's a stepping stone mm. trusting god for bigger things that's right yeah that's right so for me in terms of faith i talk about it as simply acting on the word of god yeah i am big on taking initiatives like i am big mm-hmm. on doing i don't like people yeah. that talk too much if you keep talking and you <laughs> don't do i mean i don't like people like that they are always talking talking i mean do it yeah so if you want to talk about yeah. something don't don't tell me about it show me yeah you know, show yeah. me yeah. and that is what i really work with and you know when you were talking earlier you mentioned that your mom and your auntie they've been such strong pillars in your life in terms of leading you 
mm-hmm. in your relationship with Christ, understanding and all that. But mm-hmm. you know, there are certain scenarios or there are certain scenes that I've seen that I'm like, I'm the one who um I will learn things simply because I've seen someone doing it. Yeah. If I want yeah. to learn a dance move, I would just be quiet standing somewhere. By the next moment you realize yeah. I've picked up what you're doing. So if you don't want me to copy anything you're doing, don't let me come close. I won't talk. I'll just be standing there. The next moment mm. you realize I've captured everything. That's how I learn. Yeah. I learn by just looking at what people are doing and then doing. I'll just replicate or I'll just do it my yeah. own way. And so yeah. coming from a point where you see, especially when you go to church, you see a lot of women, like most of the time, all prayer meetings, women coming to pray and, you know, kill the devil and all that. And after that, they'll go back and face the same issues that they've been, you know, if the devil could be killed, I didn't want going to kill him, you know, so <laughs> they'll go back facing the same things that they've been struggling with. So what's the point of going and then every time returning with the same thing? And I'm yeah. getting to realize that, I mean, if we are really taking God at what he says, his word, mm-hmm. it says, do this, do that. After the prayers, you're not expecting that God will come, you know, from heaven to do certain things. He's already no. set things in motion. He's already set his yep. word in play that once mm-hmm. we utilize it, always I say that there are people who are not Christians, but they are utilizing Christian principles and values and they are producing yeah. so much results. They are doing great things. But Definitely. those of mm-hmm. us who are saying that we are Christians, I mean, we are not using it. We are rather yeah. being mm-hmm. passive when it comes yeah. to faith. Okay, God, we are going mm-hmm. to pray. We are going to pray, you know, manna from heaven to drop so that we can just pick it up and eat. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. wait for manna to drop from heaven and then we'll pick it like that. So in this kind of situation where you'd find people, I think the last time I asked a question where we are talking about the role that our emotions and all those things play in faith. Because if God says that, do this, and this is what is going to happen. And you are in church crying all day, in church asking God all day, you know, I mean, all those things. And then you go back home and then you go and sleep. You don't take any initiative. You don't take any step. How mm. do you expect that, you know, the power of God will be made manifest in your situation? So if we mm. are saying that we are Christians and we, you know, we have faith in God and all that, it has to reflect in the things that we do. So really what I'm trying to ask you is yeah. that, are there situations in your life that you chose to, act on what God has said rather than, you know, acting on your emotions and all those things. I mean, emotions play a good part in all that we do, but are there situations where you were like, no, this is what I feel like doing, but I'm going to go by what God says and what results did that bring to you? Right. Okay. So I would use, um, she takes initiative. Okay. So I think it was in August. August 2019, that I decided that I was going to do this event for the first time. Initially, I thought it was something that was going to be like a far-fetched thing. Like I saw it as a futuristic situation Mm. because it looked so big. I was like, "Mm, how am I going to do this thing? Like I've never organized, you know, like, okay, maybe I I have organized an event, but it wasn't around this. It was just a one-time, you know, thing. Mm. Number one. Number two, I don't know a lot of people at my age in Ghana or in my circle where I had necessarily seen them do something like that Mm. you know most of the people that you see are like people who are much older or you know they have a certain level of exposure Mm -hmm. 
you know, or, or notoriety, you know, things like that. But I didn't really see anybody like me who, like, nobody knows me per se, but, you know, you just want to do, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you know, who, who, how are you going to do this? Who's going to send? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, just taking that step of faith and I'm like, no, I'm going to do this thing. I had no idea where the money was going to come from, mm-hmm. how we're going to pay for, you know, the uh, venue, you know, give refreshments like pay for advertisements on social media i didn't know where anything was going to come from literally i just knew that this is what i wanted to do this is the time frame i was looking at but i just trusted god that you know god this thing you really want me to do it i beg <laughs> send people my way and <laughs> um, so yeah i started planning uh, got a team you know who were really interested in coming on board hmm. and then i was like okay how am I going to, you know, pay for venue or whatever? Thankfully, yeah, my parents came in and they said, oh, we'll do it. We want to support. We love what you're doing. Mm. You're, like, we'll do it. And so, yeah, they did. I mean, you think, oh, I mean, they're your parents, so it's normal. But the thing is, not every parent supports their child's dreams. Yeah. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. You know, and, and number two, for them to say that they support, they were going to support and fund you know venue and things like that meant that they they believed that yes this girl has something to offer let's mm-hmm. support mm-hmm. you know or we can see god at work in this let's do something about it you know and so they did that but guess what it was just the i think the venue and maybe some other thing that was it. the rest i had to figure out how i was going to pay for mm. a lot of things so some way somehow a nigerian lady found out what i was doing and she is somebody that yeah my mom knows and everything but I didn't really know her but she heard about what I was doing and she was so excited about it and she was Mm -hmm. in Nigeria planning to come to Ghana for the event somebody who I'm not like that with you know um but she was so excited about it she's like no I want to support and so she said you know what I'll sponsor your refreshments Mm. yeah she's like how many participants do you have okay so what kind of drinks do you want to use so what I'll support, I'll pay for this. And I was like, wow. Then, yeah, then I was just thinking, okay, so I want to show appreciation to the invited guests and things like that because as much as the event was for free, you you don't want to take advantage or yeah. take for granted the resource persons that have come to give such insights and mm-hmm. wisdom and knowledge. So you know it's like okay so what am I going to do about that and so I wrote letters sponsorship letters Mm. yeah to certain organizations and they responded that okay we'll give you um, our products Products, um, as a way of yeah as a way of advertising our brand so that sort of thing so Mm. it came to an agreement and it was done like they don't know me I've never done this event before (laughs) you know (laughs) why should we you know you're not you're not some celebrity somewhere Mm -hmm. that people would want to yeah so literally they don't know me from anywhere but they just decided that we're going to do this we're Mm -hmm. going to support you we're going to you know and so for me again when we talk about what you were talking about the action behind it yes i pray to god about it Mm. but i took steps so so the steps or or the action is sending those sponsorship letters Mm. like 
you find the right people who believe or trust in the vision yeah and you go ahead and scout the venue so mm. even when yeah even when i hadn't even gotten the, the money yet i went to the venue i was like yeah how, how much so i went to do my inquiries and everything That's sure right. yes <laughs> but so those are like the steps of faith that you take mm. um like you do your part and then god mm. comes through the rest yeah yeah uh, so for me that that was when i learned that look sometimes you're waiting for everything to be in place before you take that step so you're waiting for all the money mm. to be in the bank account you're waiting for you know um you're waiting for the thing to be served to you on a platter but that's not mm. how it works you know god says i'll do it you just move you know and that's what i did i just stepped out i was like okay i'm going to do it i'm going to do it first have a whole outline plan everything get a team and you know them willing to do it for free like volunteer mm. yeah i got even like the technical things that i needed lights mm. you know microphones and everything again for free because awesome. people just were willing to oh we'll help we'll support we'll yeah. you know do this or do that and they could have easily said no because mm. i've never done this before yes. and you don't know me like that yeah so but yeah god comes through once you take that step you take that action he will follow through he'll bring the right people your way um and then it happens that's right yeah. you know i remember the time when you invited me for the toastmasters meeting i remember you mentioning something like that but i think when it was about time for you to have that program i think you sent a flyer or something i didn't actually know that that was the program so oh, it, okay. yes i didn't know that was the program so right. so later on i think you you were like ah oh, would you be able to come do some spoken word and i was like i think i i had something else to do so i wasn't able yeah. to so later on i saw host and i saw you and you're like oh so that's it i was like in my mind i was like oh wow this lady is really bold i mean look at the venue that she's <laughs> choosing for yeah look at the venue yeah. she's choosing for maybe i would have done it somewhere in my church that i don't have to pay <laughs> And I mean, you at know? your place, you have, you have, I mean, you have the facility yeah. at your church and all yeah. that. So maybe yeah. but you could I, have even chosen yeah. that. But you went yeah. a step further and I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. What, <laughs> what boldness and confidence. I yeah. mean, that was really, I was really, you know, impressed when I saw it. I was like, oh, wow. That's good. Shelly, it, was, it was just <laughs> good. And I mean, I intentionally chose that kind of venue because I was looking beyond just, you know, um, I didn't want to make it a church, church thing. Church, yes. By, by yes. you know, it's just you know, Christian ladies yeah. coming to, you know. But then I wanted all kinds of women mm, to come. That's just, right. You know, and to do that, you needed the platform that was neutral enough that's that right. would make everybody comfortable enough to come. Mm. So, yeah, that was that was it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, finally, before we sign out. What would you um, say to anyone that's listening, male, female, in terms of we professing that we are Christians and how that should impact our way of life? Well, I would say that, honestly, this world has had enough of people who do things the world's way. Mm. But there aren't a lot of people who choose to do things God's way. Mm. And if you want to be exceptional and live life to the fullest, it is always good. In fact, the best thing you could do 
is live according to the manual that the manufacturer has laid down. That's right. the best way to live life because every other thing is substandard. Every other thing outside his purpose and his calling for you is substandard, mm. you know. And even though you living what you think might be appropriate in the world's eyes looks good, it will only be relevant in this life. Because mm. when you step into eternity, that value would not hold. And so why not live life to the fullest in God's purpose for you here, mm. that can also have value in eternity. So I would rather do that than to live how I think my life should be mm. in this life and miss out on the value it would have in eternity. Right. And I say that to say that, yes, salvation is ours. We don't work for it. Mm. But there is another type of work that we have been given and that we will be judged for at the end of it, which is like the Bema seat. And that's why you have Paul talk about the works of gold, silver, precious stones, and then the works of hay and stubble. Mm. They're not the same. And so if you want that kind of reward where God says, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, you have to be intentional mm. in living the life that God has called you to live. That's right. Here on earth. So that when you get to heaven, you know that you have works of gold, of precious stones, of silver, as opposed to works of wood, hay, and stubble that will just burn up and have no value in eternity. Mm. You know. Um, so for me, that is what I would say. That the manufacturer's manual is the best, not just having value in this life but even in eternity and that's what's important that's right that's awesome that's awesome life is not just here and now so whatever we are doing we need to have that also in mind also um as we are talking about faith um let's all understand that there's a part for us to play it isn't just a god thing it is also a man thing and we have yeah. roles to play so there are situations where, you know, as Moses led the people of Israel, they got to the Red Sea and it parted. You know, there are other times too that Joshua had to, you know, lead the people and step into the water before it parted. So there are different yeah. situations and scenarios in life that ultimately we go back to the creator's or the manufacturer's manual yeah. to know how to respond to situations that, you know, we face every day. And as we yeah. live life of faith daily, it builds us up. We develop that persistence. We are able to grow that faith. Then we are able to yeah. believe him even for greater things. So really, yeah. yes, we all have roles to play. So thank you so much, Michaela Talasi. Thank you. <laughs> It's been an awesome time thank here. You. Thank you so much yes, for your time. Has. Yeah. Thank you. Too. So hopefully right. we'll have you another time. Sure. Thank you once again. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone you know needs to hear it. Do consider subscribing to this podcast on whatever platform or podcast app you're listening from so you do not miss out on the good stuff happening right here. 
I will catch you next week. Until then, be great.